Louise, thank you for um, staying up very for what appears to be very late at night through that window behind you. Um, thanks for making time to chat. And look, I'm going to hand over straight to you and, and just get you to explain who you are, what is Query Stacks, you know, a little bit about, about your background and so on. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, first of all, James, um, thanks for having me. Uh, just to give you a quick update about myself, uh, my name is Louise. I'm the founder of Query Stacks. Um, Query Stacks, uh, the story goes back about five years. Um, I actually started selling books on Amazon with a business partner. And then, you know, that was 2015 um, when it wasn't really brand selling on Amazon, but, you know, mostly your neighbors selling things out of their warehouse garage. Um, so we saw an opportunity there uh, to work with brands to list their products on Amazon and to get them started. Um, so from there, I had an agency for four years. Um, within that agency, we spent a lot of time creating reports manually for the brands that we managed. Um, that's how Query Stack started. It was actually an internal tool initially uh, for us just to funnel all of our client data into a database. And then from there, reports would be generated automatically, which saved me. Uh, a ton of time before client meetings um, and, you know, helped when our customers said, you know, hey, I'd like to know this random piece of information um, instead of going into Seller Central and having to spend time downloading things, um, you know, we could just automatically download a report. So that said, we have two main products at Query Stacks. Um, we have the initial reporting service, which a lot of other agencies use, um, also brands. And then we have a database storage service um, where, you know, brands that are looking to get their data, get their data out of Amazon and into their other tools, um, you know, push data into Snowflake or whatever IB tools or BI tools, sorry, they're using. Um, that's, that's a product that's built for them. Um, so hopefully that's a good enough quick overview. <laughs> No, that's, that all makes sense, Louise. So thank you for that. Um, and I guess just talking about brands, right? Everyone's talking about brands and how brands are selling their businesses to aggregators and, you know, to preparing for a sale and all that. So I think you're in the hot seat, right? You, you kind of see how the, the journey of preparation goes. So, so in your opinion, like where do sellers struggle most in terms of preparing their businesses for sale, like specifically in, 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 the, in terms of data, data preparation? Yeah, so I mean, we we definitely work with sellers uh, pre-exit to make sure that they're prepared. Um, I would say there are a few ways in which brands struggle. Um, the first is, you know, the most basic is if the brand hasn't been storing their data, um, that data isn't all there because Amazon doesn't store all of it. Um, the good news is we can backdate some of that data, but some of it does get lost. Um, I would say that also, you know, just in general, when sellers are trying to sell their business on their own, um, there's we do see sometimes that the value alignment between the aggregator or the buyer and the seller aren't always aligned. So, you know, the seller is trying to understand or the seller needs to understand what the buyer is looking for in terms of value within a business. And it's really important that they understand within their data and just within their processes um, where that value is derived, how they can sell that and how they can use it to increase the value of their business. 
Um, I would say that sometimes sellers also just don't know their numbers well enough. Um, you know, aggregators are pretty sophisticated in terms of the people that they've hired for M&A. Um, they do good work and they don't miss things. Um, so, you know, as a seller, you need to make sure that you're on top of all of that financial information. You've looked through that data. You know, you you have a story if you can see that your sales dipped in, in one area or, you know, during some period of time, you can explain that um, with proof that there were issues with inventory, things like that. Um, so, yeah. And then, you know, additionally, um, we see some sellers who try and avoid brokerage services and just go it on their own, which is totally understandable because brokerage services can uh, be expensive. Um, but in that case, it's really important that the seller, um, you know, does things professionally, has data prepared in the right way, and is able to present their business in a way that the aggregator is going to be able to accept. Yeah, that all makes sense. Um, and I think, you know, how, how what is the most, I guess, efficient way to prepare? Like, you know, other than, you know, obviously you can use query stacks, right? But is there any tips and tricks to, to get this exit data preparation done quickly? Yeah, so, I mean, aggregators are going to be looking for very specific pieces of information. Um, you know, I think if you ask any M&A person at any aggregator, they're going to tell you that they see a lot of brands who send in their financials and it's just kind of a mess. Um, so, you know, you need, to, you need to make sure that you're speaking with sellers that have sold their businesses um, that know the proper way to prepare all of this data, all of this financial information. Um, you need to make sure that you're working with partners who are familiar with the process and with uh, what an aggregator is looking for. Um, you know, I don't think there's any need to spend an arm and a leg getting all this information prepared. Um, at the end of the day, the aggregator is going to format your data and your financial information in a way where you know, they can look across your business and a ton of other FBA businesses um, in the in the same way. So, you know, you need to make sure that you have certain numbers on hand, that you have certain financial information, certain data sets um, ready to go. Uh, but, you know, I would say that FBA businesses in terms of M&A transactions are not on the super complicated side. Um, there's a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things. Um, and, you know, the right way, the right people can help you through and, you know, figure out that right way to prepare things. Yeah, cool. And then I think, you know, what's on my mind is, is it ever too late to get the data ready? Like, is there a point where it's like, okay, too close to selling or, you know, I'm too far down the track. Is, is it just, is there ever that too hard basket? Uh, thankfully, no. Um, you know, Amazon doesn't store all of your data, but they do store the previous 24 months of sales data through the API. Um, you know, you can also pull things directly through Seller Central. It's definitely going to be very time intensive if you're trying to get all of this data and information ready right before you sell your business. And I would say that just as a general principle, it's good to keep track of all of your financial information at the end of every month. Um, but you know, if you decide that you want to sell your business next week, um, there's definitely enough time there to get things ready. It's, you know, just going to be an intensive week before that sales process begins. Intensive would be definitely be an understatement, right? Um, but um, final question to you, Louise. So big picture question is, um, 
what's your thinking on Amazon selling in 2022? Like what will we see? What, what will we see change? Like, you know, any, anything, what, what's your thinking here? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the big things that we're going to be seeing in terms of the aggregators is that, you know, I think first there was this rush for capital. Um, and now that these aggregators have gone out and bought some businesses, uh, some of them are needing more help than they anticipated in terms of actually running these Amazon businesses. Uh, so, you know, some of those aggregators that are struggling a little bit might be looking to sell, uh, you know, themselves as an aggregator to other aggregators. So I think we're going to definitely see some consolidation. Um, I would say what that means for sellers is that, you know, there won't necessarily be as many aggregators that you can go to to get competitive bids. But I think there always are going to be, you know, at least a few of them that you can go to. Um, I One piece of advice is definitely, you know, always go to more than one seller. Um, so I think that's one way that we can see things changing in 2022. Um, I think that also, you know, brands that have been around for a while are going to have an advantage over newcomers who are just, you know, trying to get on Amazon this year and sell within the next two years. Uh, advertising costs have gone up. Costs in general have gone up. Um, so that's definitely that's something that's definitely something that's going to affect sellers that they're going to have to pay attention to. Yeah, very interesting. I think it's a, a very quickly change, a fast changing landscape. Actually, uh, it'll be interesting, interesting to see what happens. But look, I'll leave it there, Louise. I'm assuming you probably need to get some rest. It, look, it looks even later now. It looks even darker through that window. But um, <laughs> thanks again for making time. Thanks, James. Um, have a great day over there in Australia. <laughs> <laughs>